Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Chuck plays in a pre-release. Jake gets his chase card, and it is World's Week. Chuck, how are we doing, my friend? I am doing well. It is another week of talking Pokemon. I'm excited, uh, you know, now that uh, the Obsidian Flames has graced us in, in real world presence with the pre-release weekends kicking off, and and I I played in one, so that was oh, uh, nice. that was a fun fun day of uh, is actually the first pre-release I think I won in general. So place first. There Not it is. That it mattered. It's the one pre-release that just followed Pokemon's guidelines of here. Let's play three rounds. Everyone gets three packs anyway. Have fun. See you next time. So I mean, a win's a win's a win. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, anyone who still wants to play the the Inflamed sealed format, Toxtricity's broke. Just, just uh. Start start Toxel and a nest ball or anything, and it just goes to deck. Just it works, right? It works. I wouldn't know because this is actually the first pre-release or the first set of pre-releases that I have not attended since we've started way back in Sword and Shield base set. Um, just with the my schedule with family stuff, and then just our local. Um, uh, sports car junction um, unfortunately wasn't able to get their um, kits in time um, even though they technically um, you know were sold so um, yeah uh, so I didn't get to play that but, but before I go on my week I do notice something new uh, I always am hounding you about um, you know improving your your little studio area um, and there is a, there is an improvement. I'm looking right at it. I know I know yeah. our listeners can't see it, um, but I can. Um, you got a mic stand. Yeah, I, I, I got I a new mic setup. Yes. So now I have uh, instead of I don't know one that I have to move around. Uh, hopefully this will make me sound. Uh, it'll keep it in front of my face, so I sound a little bit better. But um, I don't know. I got an arm mic puts it in front of my face. I love it. Keeps my hands. I, not that they use my hands that much anyway, but uh, hands free, I guess. But yeah. Well, no, I, I love it. It's a step in the right direction. Now we just got to get some Pokemon stuff on that wall behind you. Then we can start doing some more live stream stuff because uh, we want to we want to have a blinged out background, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got it. Still ever ever. Uh, I got Pokemon stuff laying around ready to get on that wall. I'm looking at the wall and going, I never want to paint it. So but we we'll get on it. I got to get on it. Right, right. Keep me on. Uh, there we go. Uh, but speaking of blinged out, right before uh, we started the recording of this episode, I was able to get my hands on um, some product. Um, so I am starting a new thing where I'm keeping one sealed booster box of each, um, you know, set that comes out for the the Pal Day or the uh, yeah Scarlet Violet set. Uh, so I have I have all three so far. I'm going to continue that. Um, so I bought two or I got two booster boxes and an ETB. So obviously I kept one sealed, opened one and got an ETB um, and basically pulled anything and everything I wanted uh, out of the set. Um, I got the sweet uh, Pidgeot um, EX, uh, but actually the, the standard version and the alt art version. Uh, so set there. Pretty happy about that. And then my son. Um, 
ended up pulling the the gold Charizard uh, EX. Uh, so he was really pumped. Um, and, you know, the centering on that one looks cool. So it was, I told him uh, if he was good and did some chores uh, that, you know, anything and everything he pulled in that ETV would be his. Uh, and I, no matter what, even if he pulled a Zard, and I'm going to say, you know, true to that word, um, you know, and <laughs> let him have it. Although it does look really, really good in centered um, on the front and back. There might be a little tiny bit of nicking on the back where there's like a little bit of white showing. Um, but um, I think he wants to get it graded. Uh, so we'll eventually get that graded and kind of just kind of have it here and I'll hold it for safekeeping until, you know, he gets a little bit older because um, <laughs> he doesn't really have space in it or a spot in his room where it would really make sense. Um, but that way he can brag to all his friends at uh, school slash uh, summer camp uh, that he pulled the golden Charizard uh, while all of them didn't have a chance. <laughs> nice. That is awesome. Yeah, uh, but aside from that, I haven't really played a whole lot of Pokemon this week. Uh, there was a little bit of light testing with um, some of the Obsidian Flames with, um, you know, a couple of the decks. So I played uh, with one of my testing partners, uh, trying to get Charizard to see if that deck's actually legitimate. And also uh, making a couple tweaks to Chen Pao uh, with the Pidgeot. Um, still, I, I'm, I'm not sold. Uh, we'll see. Um, there's still definitely some time to test and get the kinks out before potentially playing that deck in Pittsburgh. Um, but I think it's not a good re straight up replacement for Arceus, at least currently in this meta. Uh, maybe aside from it and maybe uh, like a replacement for the barrels uh, make a little bit more sense. Um, but still more games to be played. Uh, we'll, we will see. Yeah, um, I've been doing a little bit of the same myself over the week as well uh just testing for uh you know random cups and challenges coming up as well as, as you know pittsburgh yeah so. yeah i mean not only do we have worlds this weekend which we're definitely going to jump in and talk um about a bunch of decks um and then predictions and all that stuff uh but this weekend we don't both of us do have a cup to go to um over yeah. at student shop again uh, it's a little bit of a special cup for me because i want to go to stupid shop and take it so well, I mean, I want to do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> last time I got top four in the challenge, I'm thinking, you know, I need to get a little bit of a bounce back after um, our last cup in Ohio. So maybe uh, Ohio can be a little bit nicer to me uh, this time around. Um, we'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, there are a couple decks that are still, um, you know, on the top of the list for me to play. Um, obviously, Chen Pao, um, you know, I've been talking that deck up for the last, you know, several weeks. Uh, the deck feels super good still, um, but there are a couple other uh, decks that I have my eye out on that I've had some reps in recently uh, that I might potentially play. Yeah, that's still on my radar as something to play as well. Uh, but I've still been, you know, tweaking around with with Sablezard. Uh, I still think it does well in mm -hmm. currently in the, the meta. Lost Box still has a place, obviously. Um with like Lostina being a thing and, and other things as well. Um, Turbo, Lost Box. Maybe. Right. Um, but uh, switched up some, switched up a couple cards from what I've been playing and I like it. So we'll see. I might put it to the test in an actual point tournament to see if it works. So Right, right. Yeah, I'm going to try to refine what I'm going to play Thursday night because that's usually like our local night and definitely some testing. Um, and then I have Friday off like normal, so I'll probably get a ton of games in 
um, you know, pre-cup and then, um, you know, see how that goes on Saturday. Um, hopefully it goes well for both of us. We see each other in the finals and we can uh, have a little bit of clout over one another or something like that. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I look forward to meeting you there. Yes, for the first time ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that's, I think, enough about us for the week. Uh, obviously, there is another really important thing going on this weekend, um, and that is Worlds. For, a little you know, bit. Po- just a little bit for Pokemon TCG and other uh, Pokemon-related games. But obviously, we're going to focus ourselves on the on the TCG side. Um, and really just kind of um, go into some decks, um, some, you know, the top tier decks that were, we think uh, might be good plays, uh, might not be good plays. We'll give some reasons why uh, for or against decks uh, and kind of see where we start there. So um, let's go ahead and start with Gardevoir. Uh, obviously, the deck feels like it's slipped a little bit in popularity, uh, but still generally, I think the consensus of the community is it's still bdif maybe not like leaps and bounds um but let's see let's what's your first impressions going into this world meta um on the you know right before uh obsidian flame become legal uh what's your feel on guardy right now um so it's kind of like a weird take guardy is a very good deck but uh unless you've been playing it it's one of those ones where, unless you've been playing it for a while and you know the ins and outs of how it works, I wouldn't suggest picking it up because Guardi's biggest drawback is it always takes a long time to play. Um, and ties in worlds are not good. So, um, obviously they're never good, but um, it's a much steeper hill to climb because you're basically playing an extra phase uh day one and things like that and and tying a bunch and, and going to time a lot uh is not i don't know advantageous or or helpful right, for right. you so that is something where i don't think if you were like i'm going into worlds i've played a bunch of different things up until now maybe guardies the play i'm gonna go with that i probably not a good thing to pick up because you you what what i'm suggesting is if you're playing it you got to play it at a kind of a, a higher pace to make sure that you're getting your games all three. If you, if you have to go to three games, all three, right. you're getting all three of your games in. So. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely a slower to set up deck. Um, obviously once it sets up, it's, it's, it's a really good deck. It has a lot of good uh, things it could do with uh prize mapping. Uh, so obviously that's what the, you know, the big takeaway is. Um, I think it's still a, a pretty good option um you know pre obsidian flames uh where you know it's just going to take big knockouts um the you know you kind of already talked about it it's slow to set up um another probably um you know knock against it is since it is quote unquote bdif in the you know in the in the community's eyes leading up to us uh there's probably going to be more emphasis on cards to try to counter it um, you know, aside from some of these other decks we might talk about here in the future, um, it's still going to have the target on its back when it has that BDIF label. Um, I think there is naturally going to be more of a target on it, um, even though I think it's, yeah, I think it's just not the great play. I would not consider bringing it myself. I mean, I know a lot of great players love the deck, um, but even playing at NAIC, 
Uh, you saw even those great players. Um, you know, obviously, it still had some success, but um, you know, it, 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 there is a lot to be said for those ties basically being a loss if you get there. Um, and God forbid you play against a mirror or a loss box or something. <laughs> you yeah. better win uh, both games because if you're probably not finishing three. Uh, yeah. So you better, you know, win game one and two. <laughs> yeah. Especially with Lost Box, uh, Lost Box being probably another popular archetype, which we'll talk about here probably later. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about that one next, but. Um, that just, just those games take long. Like they're, it's not they're, that they're, you know, people are playing slow or anything like that. It's just It's taking six prizes, six prizes in a game is a long, it takes some time. Um, and it's hard to get, it's not, it's not unheard of. But it's hard for people who who uh, don't like maybe have the quick decision making or that want to sit and take time to make the a lot of a lot of decision points on either side of that matchup, Gardevoir or Lost Box, where then you won't be playing three games or you won't be finishing three games at least. Right. So. Right. So let's uh, move on to Lost Box. I mean, there's going to be a few different versions of Lost Box. Um, we'll start off with your favorite, which is probably the least probably amount that you're going to see, um, is the Sablezard. Um, do we feel like Sablezard um, is a good play for uh, the worlds right now, just generally in the meta or in, in the community? Uh, I, I personally think Sablezard is still a good play into the meta, whether, mm-hmm. whether it's for worlds or not. Um, I don't know, because you are basically saying i'm playing a long game every game uh, because most sables arts games go like with you know you're winning you're not like there's no real like quick game to it like you kind of play a really long slow game where you're gonna win the prize trade right every game um uh so i you're playing longer games no matter what um so i don't know if it's gonna be it's definitely like you said probably gonna be the lowest common uh, right i think with sablesard you're you're almost wanting to lose that early early game uh playing for that late game and when you have that kind of strategy it just leads up to being a slower uh not a slower pace game but a game that drags out a bit longer um so you're trying to get to that board state um so just with that being said i I, again much like gardevoir i think at least that version of lost box is probably arrow down for me um, but still very good. I'm not saying it's not good. Um, There's d- uh, definitely a, a potential for it dark horsing very well into the tournament, but uh, it will not be a popular pick. I will right. I will say that. Okay, so let's move on to the next and uh, next Lost Box variant, and I think this would probably be the most popular, and that's Lost Box Garatina. There's a lot of um, you know chatter about this deck probably being one of the better ones. Uh, what do you say? Uh, again, uh, starting with you on. Lost box Tina. Well, I mean, it's kind of like the a little bit of the best of most worlds uh, for the trade off of some clunkiness. You get the ability to play a single prize game if you want with Lost Box and the traditional Lost Box bonds, and then if you can set up it when you when you can set up a Giratina, be able to smack anything you want for knockouts. So uh, whether it's either one of the attacks, whether it's using it for the just straight knockout or just hitting something for 280, uh, Giratina makes quick work of other other mods. So you get right. a heavy hammer and uh, uh, a bunch of knives if you if you want. Right. I mean, 
you said it, it it definitely takes advantage of the Garatina being able to use the V-Star power to take that insta KO. Um, obviously, there's nothing to really protect against it um, since our last rotation. Um, it does have the, you know, the utility to use those, you know, little knife attacks, uh, you know, your spit innocently, your, your, your Sableyes and uh, things of that such. Um, you know, obviously, I think that version does play Path to the Peak. Um for a little bit of disruption right now. Um, but the downfall of the deck is it's a little bit clunkier compared to the other uh, Lost Box variants because you are trying to set up a stage one. Um, and just because of that, it might, you know, at least like a a neutral because it'll probably have better matchups if there's a, a VMAX heavy uh, meta. But if you're seeing more um, Lost Box or anything like that, you're like in the pseudo mirror match, like a, a turbo Lost Box would probably be favored against you because it doesn't have to wait to set up a, to that effect. Um, so I wouldn't say it's the best variant. It'll be the most popular variant, I think, uh, amongst the, you know, the field uh, going going into this weekend. Yeah, definitely. That's the one thing that with the Lost Tina is that you have... The the best thing that like the it brings is that big heavy hammer and Giratina to hit knockout things, but it's also the double edged sword because you are leaving yourself open to be giving up two uh two prize knockouts on turns you don't necessarily want to. Right. Um because it'll be sitting on the bench and it'll be the juiciest target on the bench. There isn't anything really that much juicier. So right, right. Um, so last uh, variant of Lost Box, and that's just Turbo Lost Box. Generally, you're going to see the Dragonite V, the Raikou V, with, uh, and then also the um, uh, Drapion V, uh, for, depending on the, the matchups. Obviously, it's still uh, pretty quick to set up, um, getting you know seven, or seven into the Lost Zone, um, getting 10 into the Lost Zone, being able to use those um, attackers. Um, I think that's probably, at least personally, I think that's the, the best variance of Lost Box because going into the pseudo mirror matches, I think um, it has a pretty positive, obviously against Gardevoir. I think it, it's it's probably favored because it still just outpaces Gardevoir um, and you can get to the Sableyes a, a lot quicker. Um, you know, obviously um, the downfall of that deck with all the, the, the Lost Boxes, there are so many micro decisions uh, throughout you know, in every giving matchup. So time is an issue, uh, just like we kind of talked about with Gardevoir. Um, so that would be the the number one reason why I would say probably not try to steer into the Lost Box Zone. Yeah, um, I do agree with you. It's probably the best variant to go with. Uh, the the turboed version, being able, being able to, you know, uh, have the option of doing a Dragonite attack or even like a Raikou attack, turn one, being able to pressure big knockouts on turn one. Um, just get, you can't really like, that's, you can't really deal with that. Like it's, it's really good. So that's why the archetype has stuck around for so long. And um, it, uh, it keeps chugging away uh, doing well. So, one last question on Lost Box, and it was this is specific to Turbo Lost Box. Um, yes or no with Kyogre? Uh, I've never been a huge fan of Kyogre, uh, partly because I've seen a lot of people play it, and I've seen a lot of people never be able to do it. 
Like this is now I am sure that the ratio is a lot better than what I've personally seen, but I've seen more games lose because they can't execute Kyogre at the end, like and they were trying to. Right. Like then them execute the Kyogre play. So I don't I don't honestly think it's necessary anymore, to be honest. Like I think the early game pressure is the thing that you should be truly going for at the end of the game is it, or the beginning of the game it's like right. all in turbo early game pressure rather than the late game uh kind of like take all your prizes at once deal mm-hmm. which i mean helps in essence if you're trying to play around ionos and such so you're still drawing you know a lot of cards they're never really resetting your hand down to nothing but uh, you put a lot of onus being like onus on being able to actually execute that, and there's a lot of things now that people can just kind of like do to disrupt that. It's not a, it's not just a, I have it in hand kind of thing anymore. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I haven't had a lot of practice per se with uh with Kyogre myself. Obviously, some top players could easily. Um, set up the board state it de- definitely gives you that checkmate um or come back for for win potential um you know that that the turbo loss box on it you know without it um you know it definitely has that going for it but also um it definitely raises the ceiling of the deck and um you know some players just can't handle that so um yeah. i mean i'm sure there's top players out there that'll tell me it's not hard to do but i disagree i just I disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not. They're they're it's not easy to for do. a reason. I'll right? say that. Like, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll agree. It's it's not hard to do, but it's not easy to do. So, hundred percent. All right. So, um, speaking of other decks, um, we kind of talked about Tina. Um, is there any merit to Arc Tina over Lost Box Tina right now? Um, what do you feel um, about Arceus Garatina, or really any other variants of Arceus? Um, I think Ar- Arctina has a can be good. Uh, because I, I have a feeling Arc other Arc piles will be also something to see in the meta. Uh, like Duraludon esque de- uh, decks. Um, and I think generally they're a little bit better favored into those types of matchups a little mm-hmm. bit. I think because especially if you're going first, you can just you know you do your star birth. You put down Path of the Peak and you say, you can't. I have done my things. Now you can do your things um, kind of thing. So um, I just don't know how popular it will be, honestly. I think it might still. I mean, there's a lot of people that still like that deck in general. But uh, the it'll probably be the least or the this the lesser played Tina variant. Uh, right, I right. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think if you're going to play Arceus... Um, if you think Duraludon's the call, um, that's probably a better deck. Um, you know, with with the addition also with uh, the Umbreons, um, you know, the deck kind of sets up pretty pretty easily, uh, especially with those adventures, discoveries, um, and stuff like that. I think if you wanted to play Tina, if you think Tina's the call, I think it is better with Lost Box currently because it really opens up the uh, the V Star power uh, for the attack, other than the setup. Um, 
So I, that's what, if I was going to go Tina, I would go Lost Box. But if I'm going to go Arceus, I'll probably go Duraludon, Umbreon. Um, I don't think any other variant is really super popular right now. Um, but Arceus, Arceus are Arceus decks. Uh, some, it still just feels bad if you go turn one, regardless if you're first or second, and you miss that energy attach, uh, and then just can't do anything. Uh, for every time you set up where you got you get an Arceus, a barrel, uh, an attacker, or something, whatever your Arceus uh, box wants to do, uh, and you get that energy attached, there's just as many games where you don't start an Arceus, you start a Squobit and nothing else, and then you just lose. Uh, so the deck is frustrating because when it gets set up, it feels great, but it, sometimes it just doesn't set up um, in some of those like utility Pokemon kind of like clunk it up on that early game. Yeah, uh, that's that. That's always been my biggest gripe with Arceus decks in general is that the reliance on that arc and energy turn one, then uh, it sticks around. Um, like just it, it's like you said, extremely frustrating when it doesn't hit. Um, even especially because it seems like it, it, like you get close to it or something. Like you could see a bunch of cards and somehow your energies all just go missing or. Uh, your RC like the weirdest things happen to where you don't get it, and like, and it's not like it's an automatic. Like when you do get it, it's like okay, you feel good, like, and you eventually win. Like you, you yeah, you feel good, and the game goes well most likely, but you still have to like perform. Like you know, it's just not like automatic right. uh, from that point. So. Uh, the the added frustration of not seeing it and then being able to dig out of a hole every like out of that hole every time is is can be frustrating. Hundred percent. All right, so let's jump on to the ne- next one. And this again, we've talked about this deck a lot in the last month or so. Um, that's Chen Pao. Um, Chen Pao specific. Um, not not the um uh, you know the the Palkia version where it's mostly focused there. I'm talking Chen Pao with Bex Caliber. Um, you can have a, a an Arceus or a uh, Palkia in there. I I don't really know, um, you know, which one will be more popular amongst there. But we're saying uh, specific um, Ice Cat uh, focus decks. How do you feel um, about this deck right now going into Worlds Meta? Um, I like it. Um, I'm high on that deck, just like you are. Um, I, I think it's very good. Um. In general, uh, I think it can play and do a lot of things, um, but I mean at the same time, uh, you're using two prize bonds to take prizes. So depending on uh, single prize decks, this maybe it's hardest thing to do handle, but, but um, it can still overcome them uh, with some other cool tricks that it has. Uh, so uh, I generally like it um, as well. So right, I mean, I feel like it's a fast deck. Um, it could set up it uh, pretty consistently. You know, I've seen it set up on my end um, at least at least eighty percent of the time, pretty smoothly, um, if not even more. Uh, my opponents about the same. Um, it it's versatile in the way you can build the deck. Obviously, there, there's the cross cross switcher version. There's um, you know the straight boss and more rely on like Lost City. Um, it has good matchup spreads against every deck if it's you know doing its thing every every time you can uh, take multi prizes against like lost zone or lost box uh, or guard of war or things like to that nature 
Um, the biggest Achilles heel to the deck is Path to Peak. If it does not get bumped, you're basically shut down because, um, I mean, the 1-1 one, one Barbaro helps depending on your hand. But aside from that, there is no card draw that is uh, that comes from Pokemon uh, that don't have a rule box. So uh, you don't get to get your energy acceleration. You don't get to use your Greninja. You don't get to use your, your Palkias or your Arceus, depending on the variants. Um, it it can get stuck off of that, and it really depends on is this going to be a path to peak heavy meta? Um, if it is, maybe steer away. Uh, but if you feel like it's not, it's definitely a deck that can handle anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely, uh, yeah, cool variants. There's a lot of different ways to build it, but I like the uh archetype as a whole to do well on the day, right? I, I definitely hope to see that do well. Um, but another deck that kind of is similar in its overall strategy, where it just uh, wants to set up. Once it does, it does a lot of energy acceleration, and that is Lugia. Um, do you feel that Lugia is still has a place in the meta um, where we sit now? Um, I do think it has a place, but I feel that it's fading a little bit. I don't know... Um... Maybe the whole summoning star setup is becoming the hardest thing to figure out quickly uh, of the top decks that we're seeing. Um, so uh, not that it can't uh, execute that quickly and do well, uh, but uh, maybe it's just the one that has the most steps and then some people are just getting off of that train. Um, but I still think it can do well within the field. I mean, obviously putting up the four energy out a turn uh, to Pokemon that can do big damage with it is a good thing to have. So, right. Ever since then, I see I haven't really played a lot of Lugia, um, and I was thinking about that today. I was like, why am I not playing it? Because it, it obviously I've played it and you know did pretty well with it at NAIC. Um, you know, we've seen players like Reagan play it all season. It's been um, phenomenal against you know the majority of the meta. It can take those big one shots. It could start milling cards out it could um you know fit, trade favorably uh with a deck like lost box because you can get those one prizes out that can ko a lost box uh card but it can't get returned ko'd by some of those single prizes in there um so it plays favorably there can mess with some math with um with the serena the radiant serena um on healing and then obviously depending on the variance you could um scoop up some damage or um, play stuff. Play has some pretty cool plays with like Thornton and things like that. Um, I think where it kind of just falls short is I think Chen Pao just sets up probably a little bit easier and it kind of does the same thing, right? So it still has some you know single prizers that can attack, still has one hit capabilities um, that are pretty consistently set up. Um, they're both very good decks. I just think that they're. There's probably it's probably just a little bit easier because Irida is such a busted card um, compared to um, Professor Brunette, which is only really good in the Lugia. Not to say that Irida is not. I mean, Irida is kind of specialty in water, but I think Irida is just superior to Brunette, um, and I think that's probably what sets it apart in my eyes because they're kind of the same deck to me. Uh, slight you know variation of how you play played them to set them up at least. Yeah, and Burnett is arguably Burnett is good in Lugia, 
to obviously go get two Archeops, put them in the discard. But depending on your hand, like even if like Burnett is your play, if your hand is still locked, like that's your only support, like that's what you do. But then you're, if you're locked in with the hand the next turn and you don't have anything else to play, like Burnett didn't do you very much besides put the Archeops in the discard, but then you're still like sitting on a dead hand. Like it doesn't necessarily get you anywhere. Where Irida's a nice, like you, it's weird that you can, uh, you know, make a whole deck run off of basically fetching two cards out of your deck. Like, so. Right. Yeah, I mean, I again, I would I would not um, fault anybody because it another thing that is good for the deck, it is a fast deck. You really kind of know if you win or lose pretty quickly. Um, and there's a lot to be said, uh, you know, in a meta like this where you need to win those games. Um, and if you're not going to, um, just scoop that game and go to the, you know, go to the next. Um, yep. In decks like Lost Box or Guardi, um, it takes a little longer for you to come to that realization. Yeah. Sure. All right. So there's at least one more that I wanted to bring up. Um, I know I'm probably missing something, but um, we've seen, you know, the rise of Maridon here um, lately. I It kind of started when we were at our cup here in Ohio with Andrew Mahone, um, you know, bringing it out. It, it You know, the pluses are it's, Probably one of the fastest decks to set up and hit turn one going second pretty consistently, um, which puts a lot of terror in a lot of these decks, um, you know, because they need to set up. They need to get that board state. Um, Maridon could just do that turn one. So is the aggressiveness of turn one enough to make Maridon kind of come out of nowhere and see a lot of play or success? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's definitely one of those. It's always been a very heavy early game like consistency. Like you can kind of go get your board and set it up every game, pretty much. But then mm -hmm. it's whether you can roll the attackers one after another and get kind of that snowball that you like it just snowball like it just tries to snowball every game. Like I'm going to get out fast, I'm going to hit you, and then you don't have time to set up anything else. So uh, if it can snowball, it does really well, Like I, I think. Uh, it's just a question of whether, I feel like, like if you playing against the Maridon can weather its early storm, you might be able to, like, I don't know, turn the snowball back around at itself. Right, uh, so right, it doesn't, right. it snowballs back down on itself. And it can't find a way to set up another attacker so right i find you know playing playing the deck you know earlier obviously before these this path of peak variant i i feel like it's always just struggled that you know that that second mon the third mon to close the game out um getting those guys going because sometimes uh sure yeah you can get you know the first attacker up turn one but then you're putting yourself thin on what your resources are um, and then maybe not hit that. Plus, if you're just uh, try to, you know, the electric generator, sometimes it just whiffs. Even if you perfectly thin your hand as, you know, as perfect as you can, you sequence everything the way you need to and you play those last um, and then you just whiff. I mean, I've, I've I've seen it happen to myself, to my opponent, and then the game is just decided right there. Yeah. And a lot of times, too, like, the I mean, we've seen Flaffy be added in um, to give it that you know, uh, late game energy recovery edge to be able to charge up attackers. But usually you don't, it doesn't leave itself space for a mana fee. 
I guess. I, right. Kind of. I don't even know if they're trying to play Manaphys or then and, and they just I don't, don't think they are. I mean, they usually but, are playing a couple Flaffies, but that's Yeah, so you just... get Yeah, if you leave one off and you put down a Manaphy, like the one doesn't help you as much as you really like want two. Uh and then you obviously need your other attackers and two of them being Maridons to get all, all of this happening. Um but that's where like anything that plays Greninja that can use Greninja's attack, I should say. Uh, like, that's a good trade turn for it if you have two Flappies on the board. Like, you are trading two for one. Whether they've... Whether they're still Mareeps or Flappies, you are you can KO them. Yeah. So, um, if you can execute that, whether it's your first attack or even, you know, you've killed a Raikou and then you're taking... Like, you're, you're still doing a two-prize turn... You're leaving a one prize mon in in the active, so you're gonna hopefully turn the trade trade war, uh, prize trade war on its head there to where they're now playing from behind or something like they're so, behind. Right? So the last couple decks we talked about, you know, um, Chen Pao and Lugia, I feel like obviously those two decks are not as good at that early game aggressiveness as Maridon can have, um, but once. You know, if everything's still equal and both sides are set up, I feel that's when Maridon starts to fall off where, you know, they can't get set up. Is is Once Lugia and, um, and Chen Power are set up, they're probably pretty much set for the rest of the game. Um, Maridon, not as much. And I think that's where it kind of falls off. It just doesn't have that continuously, um, you know, that, that pressure throughout the whole game as consistent as the other two decks. And that's why if you're going to play a deck like that, I would tend to pick one of the other two um, over over Maridon. Yeah. True. I think one of the big things, this is kind of overall meta talk on anything, but I think decks that can really pressure a double knockout, even on single prize mons, just decks in general that can pressure that two knockout. So like a Chen Pao, Lost Box, um, I'm, I'm forgetting something else, even Lost, but like Lost Zone, Tina can do it. Like they can really uh, put that pressure on. I feel like those are have the head up because they can perform that pressure on everything else in the meta. Where some decks just don't ha- like they just can't. There's no way to f- for them to do it. Like Arceus Duraldon doesn't have a way to do that. Maridon really doesn't have a way to do that. I don't think. And I don't think they're playing. Anyone's playing Magnazone still. Um, but yeah, I'm not that, sure. I don't that would be so. the only way. But it's very easy. And you. It's like a big red flag when it comes out that that's what right. they want to do. Um, but yeah, that's the the one thing I think those kind of decks have is to be able to pressure that double knockout, um, whether they're single prize or two prize months, they can do that. So for sure, for sure. All right, so there was actually two more decks I want to talk about. Um, older decks, uh, but you know they still check out. Um, so that would be Mew. <laughs> Fusion Strike Mew. Uh, uh, shout out to any Star Wars fans if you caught that reference. Uh, but <laughs> Fusion Strike Mew, um, do we feel that, um, you know, much like Maridon, do we feel that early game pressure is enough to, you know, make Mew um, relevant here? Probably, you know, in the last tournament or one of the last tournaments of its its um, dominance, I guess. For some reason, this is like the one that I think is going to be relevant when it shouldn't be um 
because I just I don't know if anyone's playing it at the moment because it just is countered nine ways to sun Sunday if you really right. uh with without really messing up your game plan um it just is whether people play those counters or not is whether it can do well and I feel like the less people talk about it which is no one's really going Mew's winning stuff or Mew's doing this no one's really going Mew fusion strike Mew uh leads it to people who like that might be able to play it and then not I mean not have the counters come out and then it can still do Mew things which we've been saying for two years uh, <laughs> yeah. so Mew will do Mew things and can win games against anything anything so, right I mean I think that uh Spiritum one I don't think Spiritum will be played too heavily um and two I think Spiritum is just overhyped and sucks um, we've seen the Japanese meta still beat <laughs> Spiritum in the finals of tournaments um it 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 can put, you know, hold it back a little bit. Um, but I don't think spirit team is enough for like an auto win against Mew. Um, I still think Drapion is the best counter to it. Uh, yeah. You're still going to see decks like Lost Box play it and potentially others as a, just a one of card that can deal with it. Um, it, it. The Drapion is still in my head. I don't know why anyone thinks like they were like, ah, Drapion's anything came out. Once Drapion was released, I feel like that was the counter to Mew. End of story. Uh, nothing. Everything else is cool. Like it could work in other things, but I feel like if you just want to counter Mew with, with one card, you just play Drapion because it forces you. Okay, so when you play Drapion, you take the knockout. You forced your the Mew player. You know what they have to do. Yeah. Like if they don't, Lost City knockout Drapion. The game's over. Like, it doesn't matter what they do. If they just knock it out, then it's in your discard. You just go back and get it, and you hit them again eventually, even if it's not the next turn. Like, yeah. you just have time. Like, you have all the time to play with. To Especially if it's in, like, a lost zone. Like, I, yeah, I, I, you can just easily get it up there. And even if they put the Meloetta up, you could just... Even if you're taking seven prizes, like it's just getting that one prizer out of the way, and then you're really just putting so much pressure on your opponent to put a second one prizer attacker. And Mew doesn't generally have that. I mean, I know yeah. Dioxus or Di- Di- Dioxus is still there um, from time to time. I just I don't feel like that's a very good strategy overall for Mew. I, I don't. I don't. I've never seen a deck that can't kill a 90 HP mon. So that's. Meloetta. So that that's what they'll try and put up to avoid. Yeah. So you take that, and then you can manufacture a turn where you boss KO a Genesect, which isn't hard. Like I think most. Well, if you do that, you just win because it's a, a V Max, yeah, a one then, prizer, than a two prizer. It's just yeah. Then it, at one point in time, they have to attack with Mew. Like even if you take it, even if you have to take the Deoxys out, they have they don't they don't run enough attackers that aren't Mew to not attack with it. Mm-hmm. So then they're left at the mercy of attacking and resetting your hand every turn to not let you have the Drapion, or it just happens. Like I, they, I just don't see how you stop it unless you're resetting their hand every turn, which means they're going to run out of resets eventually, I guess. I don't know. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, mean, all it takes I agree. Is the next <laughs> yeah <laughs> or ultra ball. like it's it's you have to miss so many cards to just not see it so right exactly 
Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, Mew, maybe, but I still think that there's so many decks out there that respect it and just kind of go fast, like just as fast that can set up that are still just going to be pro- favored in the, you know, the prize mapping if everything is equal um, on both sides of the board. Uh, with that being said, I want to talk what, about one last deck, and then we can uh, jump into the pit stop, and that would be uh, Rapid Strike Urshifu slash um, Inteleon VMAX. Um, do we feel that that deck um, has a place? Obviously, it won NAIC. Uh, previous to that, nobody was really playing it. Do we think it was just a flash in the pan? Do we think we're going to see a lot of success? Obviously, Yoga Loop is a very strong um, card in and attack the, to take uh you know games like game. um it's it, it can be a dark horse the same reason why it won naic is the same reason it can do well at uh worlds and or win it um but uh i feel like if you're playing that you're walking a really fine edge like uh of 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 getting through the day like all the days in general like the whole tournament um if you're 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 playing a little bit more matchup roulette, um, because uh, some things you just don't uh, you can't perform well against, I guess, or just a, a lot harder, or just take advantage of you in general. Um, so yeah, I, it can do well, but I think I would not, advise. I don't want to call it. it a flash in the pan, or but uh, it was definitely a dark horse unpredictable win in AIC like uh, I wouldn't I don't know anyone what the odds would have been like at the sports book trying to bet on what deck would have won but I don't think that would have been like I think that would have been a big winner if you decided to bet on it like you know what I mean like uh right right not it wouldn't have been like uh the 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 odds on favorite so right I I do, I, I do think it was a little bit of a flash in a pan obviously the deck has a lot of good things going for it um, especially with Lost Box and Garatina being or uh, Guard of War being such good um, decks in the meta, uh, it could take you know low Yoga Loops end game and then take an extra turn to take to win. Um, so obviously that is what you know the appeal of the deck is. It can do that. That's what its strengths are. Again, is it a setup deck? And I do feel even though you have three prizers, um, some two prizers, some one prizers um, in there, I think that it's a deck also that is in danger of going to time as well uh, when you're trying to set the board up for this kind of uh, late game win condition um, on top of just that the natural clunkiness of the deck from time to time that it can have. Uh, so for me, that's why I would say probably no, um, but I would still say, you know, respect it. If you are going to, you know, play a deck, make sure you have answers for it. Um, and you're able to take out those uh, remorades because once you get oh, a remorade artillery out there, it kind of just kind of <laughs> crumbles pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I would uh, like uh, in hind like I would not be excited to see it as a matchup. Uh, I definitely would not want like I wouldn't be sitting down and be like, oh look, rapid strike Urshifu. Let, this is like woo. Like yeah. I would not be excited to play that, but um, I don't. Hopefully not wouldn't see a lot of it that's 100%. all right i think that's a good breakdown of you know what meta decks that we are expected to see let's see how uh you know worlds turns out to see if you know what we said turns out to be true about these decks um as far as you know their play styles 
Um, with yeah. that being said, it's time to jump into the pit stop. It's, it's time, time for trivia. Trivia. So I got uh, one for you today. We're going to play guess that Pokemon this attack or ability belongs to. Obviously, it's going to be standard legal. Um, and today's Pokemon attack name is Impound. Impound? Yeah. Impound. Uh, impound. I don't know. This, I don't even know. All right. So there's two ways this can go. Impound. All right. So it has the word pound in it. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe fighting Pokemon. Maybe. But impound is traditionally dealing with cars. Uh, you impound a car. Uh, so there is a, a Reverum EX in the new set. No idea what its attack is. <laughs> it's a car, so maybe it impounds things. But usually, you weird. impound cars. Cars don't impound you. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, Reverum should be the one getting impounded. So not <laughs> uh, dishing out the impounding. Um, I mean, so that doesn't free, really check out. I'm going to give you a free hint, and I'll tell you what the attack does. And it's very, um, you know, uh, thematic to the the attack name. Um, during your opponent's uh, next turn, the defending Pokemon can't retreat. Okay, so it hits it; can't go anywhere. Mons that like to do that. Maybe like a, a Clefa draws. There's a Clefab. There's a Clefable. Um, other things that like to do big heavy things like Snorlax, like the say you can't retreat. Um, I'm I'm at a loss. You, I think you, yeah, thoroughly stomped me on this one. You, you you've got yeah. you've got lifelines. Let's let's go with uh, stage. What stage is it? It is a basic. All right, so it's not Clefable. Um, basic bond. What type? Fighting. All right. So, ah, okay. So I was right in essence that pounds in the words. So that means it's a fighting mod. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that. I think that's just a coincidence. A coincidence. Sure. Sure. Good uh, job, Chuck. <laughs> um, fighting mods. There's a couple of those. I don't know. Glamora, but that doesn't do him. Uh, actually, Glamora, well, that lowers the bench. Would Glamet do the impounding? Where's there another Mon? I can't remember what came out in Obsidian Flames. It's fighting, actually. Uh, I never uh, said it was Obsidian Flames. Oh, I thought it was. No. Shoot. What's my last lifeline? <laughs> yeah, I gave you them all. I'll give you uh, the uh, other attack name. <laughs> I yeah, I got nothing. I, I can guess a fighting one. Uh, I'll I'll just guess uh, a larvitar. No, it is not. It is everybody's favorite tree. That's not really a tree, and that would be Sudowoodo. I got him. I got him with a hard one. Everyone's oh, favorite tree that's not actually a tree. Right, exactly. <laughs> you, you knew it as soon as I said that. 
Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Sudowoodo. Uh, I remember that one now. So originally, I was going to go with um, Justice Kick, but I feel like you would have got that in two seconds flat. I don't know. Honestly, that's on. I didn't realize that. I honestly did not know his attacks, so um, I don't know if I would have gotten that right away. Exactly. You would have gotten it. <laughs> uh, but right. I got you on a difficult one. It's time for you to give me a layup that I will miss that, um, uh, <laughs> that I've been doing lately. So let's see. <laughs> so I usually, you know, the usual game I play is that I open up a pack, but it's pre-release weekend. I don't have any extra packs because I didn't want to hold one. <laughs> What's that? You don't want to hold one? I no, yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't. Oh, I, I didn't win any extra packs. I just opened my my kit, and then the three that you get. Um, so I am gonna oh, I am gonna give you this is essentially my hit from my pre release kit. Okay. So of all the packs, Obsidian the pre release. Okay, okay. Yep, the, the whole pre release kit, not the extra packs. This is my pre release kit hit. Um, so it comes with comes with an ability. This mon comes with an ability called Special Eater. When you play this Pokemon from your hand onto your bench during your turn, you may discard a special energy card oh, from special this. energy from your opponent's active Pokemon. I just read this because I know I pulled it while opening stuff. Um, I believe it is Mawile. No lifelines. I'm just gonna go mobile. Ding, ding, ding! You got let's it. go. <laughs> let's go. Now the, yes. the the great part of the the happy part is you got that. The sad part is that was my pre-release promo. That was my hit out of my pre-release box. That I'm sorry. Yeah, like promo. I was thinking it had to be bigger out. at first. So <laughs> I've never celebrated for getting something right. So much. I, I literally read that card. Maybe two hours ago, while pulling, I was you know doing my normal thing. We're opening uh, any any mons with abilities, and I was like, hmm, maybe useful, probably not, but we'll see. And then uh, then I was on my way. And then at first, I thought it was maybe that that new plant that's um the plant Pokemon that's like the peppers, one red, one one green. I forget what uh, Scovillian. Yeah, Scovillian. I thought maybe that might might have made sense, but then you know after thinking about it for sure. Well, he is. He was in my pre-release deck. I got him. He's pretty oh, good. Oh man, I've, I'm all over your pre-release cards here. <laughs> yeah. He was. He was actually a good mon to have in my deck. Uh, yeah, my pre-release. Uh, that's why I didn't really talk about my pulls earlier when we were talking about it because I didn't really have any uh, at all. It's typical pre-release. Why I stopped trying to do them besides one just to have a little bit of fun. Um, 100%. That that was uh, the trivia. So. Now, On to who would win. the debate who will win. And I think I have a good one. So, I, I maybe. I mean, I, you helped me figure it out. And I've since thought uh, it's a good timing to do this because City and Flames just released. So, it's the Charizard set. Uh, and it's a dark Charizard that's so fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, um, in, in uh, honor of Charizard, we're going to do a who will win. Uh, Charizard. Is You're going a little bit outside of the Pokemon and then universe. I'm going to go versus 
another dragon that's a little outside of we're going outside of Pokemon, but it's Charizard versus another dark dragon, but it's I'm staying cartoony. It's Maleficent in dragon form. Yeah, from so, from the original Sleeping Beauty, right? Is that what well, then you're talking about? That's the original Sleeping Beauty that that was in. Um, so yes, those are my two who would wins: Maleficent in dragon form or Charizard in any form. <laughs> in dragon form. <laughs> uh, so there, you know, this would be a good fight uh, to watch, but I'm gonna kind of have to go outside the Pokemon world. There's a couple reasons. Um, where I would pick Maleficent. Um, one is complete bias. I'm sorry. Um, that original, the original um, movie Sleeping Beauty, my my grandfather actually worked on. He was the one that did all the thorn, uh, the thorn bushes in the thorn forest at the end, where Maleficent's on the castle, and the, the, then the knight had to go through the thorn forest. He did all of the thorns um, for that mm-hmm. movie. Uh, so a little <laughs> bit. Uh, kind of a bias because of that but also just i remember watching that movie as a kid and that dragon was so ominous looking um and i've never had that like pure you know oh that that enemy looks so you know ominous and evil and you know badass looking um and as much as i love charizard he doesn't have that same aura um that that dark maleficent dragon version had um, in that movie and for that being uh there i just think you know that that uh that aura of the of of uh maleficent would have to take that down plus it's just a bigger dragon right <laughs> well i think i think charizard has some tricks up his sleeve though so. so i mean i said any form so we got That's mega true. form now i'm no, you we, can do we, that but mega, we can terra we can be a dark dragon if you want to no but uh, I, I think Charizard has proven uh, that his ability to withstand and and fight back anything. Um, so, I mean, Leon's Charizard's pretty good at doing that. Uh, yeah, Leon's Charizard he, lost he, to a Pikachu. Yeah, what? <laughs> Leon's Charizard lost to a Pikachu. Okay, well. <laughs> By the way, uh, another fun up. fact. I know I sent you that video. Uh, of just like the final battle, Ash's final battle there. Um, probably the best lead up of like 20 plus years of Pokemon as, you know, watching from season one all the way to that um, with the, like the main theme playing in the middle of the episode gave me, uh, you know, chills down, uh, you know, <laughs> down my yeah, spine. So that good. was awesome. Um, but yeah, that was my main argument is that Charizard knows he's he's big. He's the biggest baddie kind of regular pokemon he's the original big baddie i want to say of of pokemon uh whereas maleficent was like the original big baddie of i would one more one more argument for maleficent maleficent is a free thinker uh she'll do what she needs to do in the moment charizard has to wait for orders and he's confused before that so um just the speed of her getting to make decisions beforehand uh charizard just goes down i you're i did not come with a very good argument is just Charizard. <laughs> That's all you need. It's, it's Charizard. Charizard. <laughs> but it's Charizard. Blackburn I got Richards a Charizard card. You know, all yeah. the cool things Charizard can do. Right. How exactly. could he lose? He doesn't lose. His energy he... attacks take too much. He only loses the Pikachu. End of story. 
Anyways, let's have a championship good time. Or I don't know what he says exactly, but no, that's cool. (laughs) With that being said, I think it's time to take a break and get a word from our sponsors. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. And we are back. Thank you again, Sports Car Junction, for being a great sponsor of the cast. Um, It is now time to get into the news, which, uh, I mean, obviously, Worlds is happening this week. Uh, So all the news will be happening next week. But we do have a little bit of news to talk about. So um, there is a announcement on our new play packs. Uh, series 3 is going to start uh, hitting leagues near you soon. Um, and uh, the big big reveal on those that we've seen from some people who've gotten their hands on them is the Galaxy Hollows are out, including on the energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're hitting the borders and everything on the cards. So it looks really sweet um so kind of pumped for those when we start getting them uh the the prize packs are uh, actually a really sweet addition to doing league nights and, and things like that i just think uh it's cool um yeah. the second bit of news was that uh tpci tpci is now is running a world's contest and they are somewhat i'm gonna i'm gonna say it they're somewhat stealing our game no i'm just kidding they kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> so it, they announced the, the World's Fantasy Team Contest, uh, and you can win prizes um, for this. Um, so uh, basically you can, uh, you you go on and there's ten you the first 10,000 registrants create a team, um, and they get some stuff too. Top 100 finishers win, top finisher in each category will get a big Giants feel. So uh, that's the big plushie to give out. Um, but uh, you um, pick the top Pokemon uh, you think will see play. Um, now, you can actually do this in both video game and TCG. Um, so, kind of neat uh, for both uh, genres. Yeah, this is what we're, we've been waiting for, though, because we've been doing this for the, the better half of a year now, or plus now, with uh, some of these big tournaments um, but we were always like, Hey, what would be if like, if there was a, like a fan duel or something for Pokemon, this is kind of as close as we're going to get. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, so, uh, the contest is open to enter until August 10th. So if you are listening to this, the day it is released, you have today and to tomorrow. get in, uh, to get in. Um, if you are listening to this after worlds, sorry, you've missed it. Uh, but you watched Worlds already, so you already know the answers. Um, but uh, yeah, so get in on that. It seems like it's really fun. Um, I think you, I haven't been able to review, but you might be able to see what people are picking too. Um, that's usually a thing, but I haven't seen any at the moment. Yeah. For sure. No, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I might have to jump in and, and see if I could uh, you know, do as well against the field uh that i do against you Gertrude, at triple p <laughs> well 
speaking of drafts, that's going to pretty much sum it up for the news uh, at, at all, but besides the fact that uh, Worlds happens this weekend. So get your watch parties watch parties on and uh, pop, pop some popcorn. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing a watch party. I don't think we can do it live, though, because of <laughs> it being so early. Uh, so them them ahead of us, I think it's 10 hours here in Pittsburgh uh, that they're ahead, yeah. maybe more. Uh, I'm not 100 sure, uh, but yeah, I, having that recording, having people over watching Pokemon is always fun. Um, you know, getting to share that with friends. Yeah, we will be. I we will be sharing at least the the whatever they're playing at the time at Steuben Shop. So right, I can't wait. Um, but with that being said, I think you know going into any big tournament, we like to do predictions and a fantasy draft. So we're gonna do a couple few um quick predictions and then we're going to go top five uh in you know our fantasy draft uh, i don't know like we said last week if we're going to quite um do a punishment as far as local leagues especially with points starting to be on the line um with you know valuable practice time uh i, d- I don't know if we want to hurt each other in that way too much um so we'll see we'll put something on the line um if but- i win if you win, <laughs> Chuck needs a win. He hasn't won one of these yet, so we'll see. <laughs> uh, but that was that being said, let's go ahead and jump into some predictions and see how close we get to these. Um, you know, after worlds, so we'll recap this next week after worlds. Um, and the first one would be what deck do you think we'll see the top meta share in day one? Top meta share in day one, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I am. See, I'm gonna go because they're gonna end up splitting them. I think Lawson. Yeah, you got it. If you're going Lawson, you have to tell me what variant. Yeah, I think they're gonna end up splitting the variants. So I'm gonna say, uh, I want to say Lost Box Tina is gonna be the most popular archetype you know what um just listening to the community um and seeing on twitter other podcasts just uh videos and stuff um i do tend to think that lost box tina might be the number one played deck um in day one because everybody's hyped on tina um lost box it has that lost box at a lost box aspect where it could take one prizers and hit with Cramorant, Sableyes, but also just kind of do what we already talked about earlier when we talked about decks. So I will have to agree with you, and we'll both say Lost Box Tina. All right. Okay, so second one would be what deck will perform the best in day one? Perform the best in day one. I am going to pick... Turbo Lost Box. Okay. Not I think Lost Box performs the best. I'm I think that's a very solid pick, but I'm going to be a little bit biased on this one, and I'm gonna say Chen Pao. All right. Also a good choice. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it does, like I said, it has good matchup spreads. It's just a matter of how much path we're gonna see. Um, and I don't know if we're gonna see as much path as you know some others might have you know predicted uh so again it really just depends on path of the peak there for for me there yeah 
Okay, so next one. This is more on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, which deck will be the most disappointing deck? So it'll still see a, a large amount of play uh, in day one, but it will not see a large amount of success. Maridon. That's solid. I, You might have just swayed me to uh, switch, but I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that deck... Like we've already said, I think the mid-game beyond is where its Achilles heel is, and I think it just won't keep up. Um, you know, obviously we can be wrong, but um, I'm going to say Gardevoir. I think it's still going to see a high amount of percentage played, and I think we're going to see a lot of people tie with this. Okay. Valid. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I had a fun one uh, in there, and we didn't talk about this deck. Um We'll just go with it. Um, will um, the birds make top eight? Uh, we can even say top 32. Um, that, of course, being the uh, okay. uh, Wings of Union deck. I, I, I don't will it. I don't think they will make top 32, maybe. But I don't think that birds will make top. I no, think there'll I, be it, a little bit of noise. But I don't know if they'll make as much noise, definitely, uh, because there are going to be a more emphasis on Lost Box this time around. I know NAIC Lost Box was at one of its lowest points as far as like meta percentage. Um, I think we'll see a lot more Lost Box, and because of that, we'll see the birds not see so much play, especially if it starts to win the first couple rounds. Okay. I All right, know. so I have... Someone's going to get lucky. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I have two more. Um, and that would be um what deck do you think wins worlds? A hard question. I still don't uh, have an answer. I've been like mulling this over the whole time we've been talking. It's so much easier to decide when you know the eight decks, but when you're just like like when you have, once you have the top eight, like who's gonna win? Like, oh well that one maybe. But like, yeah. like what can get to top eight and then and so win. many things can get there, but it just depends on what else gets there with them that can kind of shut that down. Yeah, it's like or be like a, a a clear path to victory. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little vague. Because I'm gonna vague. say do I'm, not say just lost box. No, I'm gonna say an arc pile. Specifically, not including a Tina. I'll give it to you because you said no Tina. Uh, so an arc pile with no Tina in it. Yes. All right. Well, um, again, I'm going to be biased and I'm just going to go Chen Pao. Chen Pao will have its moment. I think more people are on it. I think after Jared's, uh, you know, um, big run at NIIC, I think people have started to pick it up a little bit. Um, I still think that they're not going to see a lot of path. That could be completely wrong. But if again, if there's no path, I think Chen Pao wins it. All right. I would like to see that. I like the ice cat. So, or yeah. leopard, weasel, whatever you want to call it. He's a cat. I don't care. <laughs> All right. And I'll give you this. Uh, you get first cho uh, choice or at least, uh, um, you know, you, you'll, the, you'll be the first to answer this one. Which player is going to win worlds. Oh. Um, 
this is harder than see this is the hard thing because i don't know who's playing what so one of us could be right with the deck but wrong with the player or vice versa because like i have no idea um what you know the majority of players are playing um aside from you know what people are posting on twitter um i'm not sure either um And like I want to, like I'm not. I don't want to just pick like the top. Like I'm looking at a list of players, like in their rankings. Like I'm not. I don't want to just pick like the top one of the top five. Like mm-hmm. they. So I want to pick someone a little bit outside the box. Um, I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it at the person that's given me the most. It the. Influence on deck choices recently. I'm gonna say Pedro Torres, Pedro Eugenio Torres, and to himself. I mean, that's a great pick. He's such a great player. We need to get him back on because that was such a fun interview. He's such a solid player. Um, you know, always up there. So, um, yeah, that's I, this is hard because there's so many great players. Um, and I don't know what like some of the top top players. I mean, I have no idea what any of the top players are going to play. Um, <laughs> do I? I also wanted I, but I I feel like a dark horse like a Japanese player wins. But oh, I for don't... sure, I don't know enough about the Japanese player base. So like, obviously, a Japanese player could win. I don't really know, um, you know who that might oh, be. Turf. Home field advantage at the time. Yeah, it is home turf. Um, I'm wavering between two. Uh, crap. Um, I'm just gonna go with one one person that we've had on. Um, no, I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with uh someone we've had on this this season. Um, and that's Andrew Hedrick. Okay. I mean, a, a good player, not like top, 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 but like yeah. definitely a little bit out, you know. Yeah, he knows how to win tournaments. Yeah. And he'll be there because, you know, he's had a really good string of, you know, day one. So I feel like he'll play a deck that goes fast um, and it just has a good medical. So I just have a good feeling about him. All right, so that will conclude our predictions. Hopefully, we'll you know we'll recap and see how that goes. Uh, before we let everybody go, we have one more thing to take care of, and that is our fantasy draft. Um, I don't know how you want to go um, with uh, picking. Um, well, you you uh, crushed me in twiv- trivia, so you get first pick. Okay. Um, so I it's not completely fair, but I will take it. I'll take any advantage I can. Um, I'm not fair. You I, beat me in trivia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the, you know, obviously the two top, uh, you know, Azul, um, or 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 um, Tord. Obviously, great players. I know Azul's really hungry for it. Um, but I'm just gonna go with you know a player that I just picked, um, and that did really well. And I see that I feel like even though he's one two and had a lot of top finishes, I think this guy is going to be a wreck like a wrecking ball for the rest of the, well, obviously for worlds and then like for the years to come. And that's Andrew Hedrick on that's, he's my number one pick um, for sure this year. Hey, well then you've let me 
That's how confident I am um, in my number one pick over those top two dogs. You've let me also pass on the man because I'm going to take. I have a feeling about him. I have a feeling about Alex Shemansky. So that's going to be my first pick. I'm making him my first pick. I mean, solid, obviously. Um, <laughs> when we're talking these caliber players, um, you can't really go wrong. Um, funny thing is, um, you know, last one for NIC, my first pick was, uh, well, between beat me and you, we, we picked, forget who had who, but uh, one of us had Azul, one of us had, uh, Tord. I think I had Tord. Um, but I'm not going to pick either one of them. I'm going to pick the, another player that helped me win that bet and made you have to play Crosshire. And that again, another really great up and comer. Um, she is an awesome player. Um, Another player that's going to be a top dog for years and years to come, and that's Piper Lapine. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll say that she was on my short list. All right, well, uh, I'm just going to replace her with Tord. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving you layups here. I'll take the hand me down, like the hand me down on that one. The hand me down, Tord. Yeah, we'll. Yeah. Okay. So again, I I didn't think he would slip down to the third spot here, uh, but I I mean, I'm I know he's hungry, um, and so I'm gonna have to pick uh, Azul. All right. I'd feel silly if we left him off <laughs> for sure. Yep. And now that he's off the board, I'm pretty scared that you might take my my pick to win the event, so I have to draft him. Yeah. I'm gonna take Faith. he was on he was next. <laughs> so um yeah, so that's a solid pick for sure. Um hmm. a couple people come to mind, I'm not sure. Uh I just had it in my mind now. I'm forgetting. Mm. No, I'm gonna pick another super solid player. That also somebody that potentially could be playing Chen Pao, um, because I know they've played water decks, and that's Gustavo Wada. Okay. I, I'm not even looking at any lists going in here. I'm just going. I'm just trying to get an idea of some some of the people that are going to be there and jog my memory of names uh, as well. Um, I think I have to go ahead and take... Hmm. I'm not sure. You've, you've done taking some of my, too many of my names off my list. Um <laughs> Gotta make it hard on you, man. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm pretty sure he's yeah. We're gonna say it. I think Sander comes up with some fun stuff. Let's go with it. I mean, he is such a great player, he'll come up with some jank. I what always worries me about Sander is he'll have that jank, but then once he reaches top eight, those top players will already realize his win condition. Um, and they'll play around it. And then usually, you know, even if they catch him in game one, if they win game two, like usually he plays those decks that are not good 
going into like time in game three or something to that effect uh, where, you know, per, where there is no ties and it's like first to take prizes. Um, I think that's might be what kind of be his downfall, but obviously great player. Yep. Um, you know, there's a lot of still really, really talented players that have seen success this year that have won events, uh, but I'm going to go on a hunch. Um, and this player has been super solid all year and, um, I know I haven't picked him yet, um, and I think, you know, he's going to have a really f- good finish this year at Worlds, um, and that is Gabe Smart. Okay, yeah, he's 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 been grinding it. So. Yeah, I think he he's going to find that secret sauce. I know he's friends with Andrew. Um, so whatever they're cooking up, um, that deck's just gonna they reach it, and they're both players that can you know, achieve great heights. So I have a lot of uh, hope for um, Gabe to do well this this time around. All right. And I have been scrolling the list of names of Japanese players because I have to find a dark horse here. I don't know if that's uh, I'm a dark horse, but okay. <laughs> I found a name and I just wanted to go on his Twitter real quick to make sure that, that like he's actually playing. But we're going to take Yoshiyuki Yamaguchi. So he's on the list. He's gonna he won Nagata, so he's playing in worlds. So there, there we I mean again, I don't know enough about him, but if he's winning these tournaments to be able uh, me neither, but yeah, <laughs> I have good feelings for Japanese players in this tournament. Oh, for sure, I just, for sure. I have to pick one and it's just blindly picking somebody. So there it is. Um yeah. Uh so to recap uh, our teams. Um, we'll see who, you know, has a better run of it on our fantasy drafts. But uh, for myself, I have Andrew Hedrick, uh, Piper Lapine, which were my two workhorses for last uh, NAIC, and you allowed me to have them. Um, and then on top of that, I had um, Azul, Gustavo Wada, and Gabe Smart. Um, and then you had Alex Shemansky, uh, Tord, Pedro Torres, Sander Wojcik, and I'm sorry, Yoshi. Yoshi, 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 Yoshi Uti. Yoshiyuki. Yoshi Yamaguchi. Yes. So you got um, a solid team. I think it will be fun. We'll see who does best. Obviously, we'll have some kind of punishment again next week um, for the loser. Um, maybe even something so like you have to, um, you know, eat something hot or or buy somebody dinner or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Uh, but we, we want to try to keep it away maybe from dinner buying then. What's that? Maybe it's just dinner buying. Yes, yes. You'll have to bring me to Del Taco next time I come out. <laughs> uh, with that being said, though, I think that's a, a pretty good wrap-up of, you know, uh, what we think is going to happen at Worlds. I can't wait to watch and see what happens um, and actually come back next week and see if our predictions uh, were pretty good um, with, you know, what we talked about with the decks, um, you know, what decks will do well and all that stuff. And obviously, the fantasy draft is always a fun part of our show, too. Not to mention that I think next week should be the season three finale, technically. So, because we do it at the end start. of the year, not at the end of the season. I did forget one. One you prediction. You said, you said we ended at the end of the season before. No, I said at the end of the year. Our seasons okay. go different from everybody else because we're <laughs> cool. But I did, before we go, there's one more 
prediction I forgot to say, and what the prediction is, is where is Worlds going to be next season? Uh, only because I can pray and hope. But it's actually been a meme, uh, but I'm going to say Detroit Rock City because it's only an hour away. <laughs> that would be cool. I've I've heard, you know, a few, um, but, you know, I think it I think it will be in probably Spain somewhere. Yeah, I part of me wants to say that it'll be it, it probably will be out of the out of North America. Spain is a good option, but um as well. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody uh for hanging out with us till the end. Uh we'll get to, you know, recap next week and we'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at Pit Pokepod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.